0: A timeout. decide not to use it. Curry. Way Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from curry
1: what's up everybody you're listening to the analysts dot pod shonram chandran here with you joined by just rohan naranjan today um an nba podcast as well obviously our good friend Yash Joshi could not join us i think uh you know, we, we let it all out there, at least you two did, with our last podcast with the Warriors, of course, winning the NBA championship. But um, guess what? There's only one Warrior fan on this podcast today, and that's Rohan. So, hey, sir. you know, don't don't be coming at me with all the OKC stuff, all right? We're, we're focusing on the future now. I think we can all move past 2016 for the most part with Kevin Durant <laughs> departing, even though we're never going to – at least I'm never going to get over that. But um, now is the time, I feel, you know, with the draft coming up um, – Personally, for me, I'm not going to lie to you guys, the NBA draft, the NFL draft, at least, you know, Rohan on board over here with the NFL stuff as well. Um, I think that we both understand that uh, if anything, the NFL draft, it seems to be a little bit more predictable at the very least, um, where you can go through the rounds a little bit. You're going to find a little bit more impact guys, not to discredit anyone in NBA drafts, but I just feel after we get outside of like the lottery picks, You're going to start getting into more role player kind of guys and guys that might not really make an impact until second, third, fourth season onwards, as we just saw. Um, You know, of course, with Golden State guys like Jordan Poole um, and of course, like Kaminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, those are guys that are going to kind of develop for that team. So um, obviously it's a complete different direction over there because they are title contenders. The teams that are obviously picking in the front, there's a reason why they're picking in the front. They're not good. So one of those teams, of course, being my OKC Thunder. Um, but I think that I, I have seen stuff uh, for the most part. The number one overall pick, the Orlando Magic, obviously Chet, he's up there, uh, could possibly go number one. Um, OKC, of course, picking at number two. But I've seen that Jabari Smith seems to be the common consensus at number one for the Orlando Magic. Like, How, how would you feel about that fit?
0: Yeah, I think that that would be a great pick for Orlando. They do have a lot of boards already at this point, um, you know, with the draft from Mo um, you know, Franz Wagner last year. So there's a little bit of redundancy, but I think that they do favor Jabari Smith at this point. Um, even though, you know, Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro are probably the two that they're still considering. Orlando has the, you know, uh, responsibility of picking first. And I think this is one of those drafts where there's no clear number one, right? In some yeah. of these drafts. Especially NBA and NFL, there's sometimes a the clear number one. This year, it isn't really like that, so it's just preference. I think he he was yeah. one of the best three point shooters in the draft. Uh, sorry, in college basketball last year, so that's great. And he has a big body, big wingspan. So I think it's, it's a great it's a great fit for Orlando if they do pick him. Um, but just worried a little bit about the redundancy and the amount of forwards that the Magic have.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I know all about that. I think last year, of course, um, I did have the chance to speak with Franz Wagner, um, of course, in the pre-draft process. But one thing to know how you just mentioned Mo Bamba, that's the name to kind of watch because um, in free agency coming up. Um, he is, in my eyes, a top five free agent at the five uh, or at the, you know, center position, if you will, um, this offseason. So uh, my best guess is that he's probably going to leave, which makes Chet a very intriguing target for Orlando um if they would want to take him you know as like the big kind of lanky guy um honestly Chet really reminds me of I don't want to say Kevin Durant but that's that's the best physical comparison you can kind of give for a guy like him um and that's why I feel like you know OKC at number two is very intriguing because I've been seeing that apparently him and his agent it was mentioned on a podcast I think Ryan Russo was the source on that um but I think Chet and his agent apparently want to go to OKC at number two that's their preference and um, the reason why is because uh, I think that in Orlando he feels that he's going to be more restricted in his game and what he can do and in a weird way I kind of do agree with that because a a lot of a lot of stars have tended to go to Orlando and not really panned out the way that they should have or could have if you will but in OKC obviously like um, I like the one thing I will say about OKC is that we know how to draft right and how to put players in a good position to succeed. You know, we've seen it with SGA, of course, and required to be a trade um, Josh Giddy, the most recent of them, all I think you could say. Um, so, uh, you know, Chet had a lot of good things to say about those guys in the pre-draft process. So I feel like if he was to come to OKC, I think in, in that top um, four pick category, like I think Chet, Chet's probably going to go in the top three, I'd be surprised. Definitely, definitely. Um, and the reason, though, he could possibly drop is that he, I don't know if you saw this, he actually didn't I send in his exactly. medicals. Yeah, like,
0: John, John Wasserman what's... reported that. Yeah, so that, I think it's a little bit weird that he didn't send his medicals um, in, to both the Magic and the Thunder. And mm-hmm. now there's concern that he may fall in the draft. And that's been the big knock on him going through this draft process is his build, right? He's a lanky yeah. dude, seven foot, has a big wingspan, um, has a lot of, abilities on the court but can his body hold up in the nba right yeah Um, and now with him not sending his medicals in into the two top teams who are drafting first is a little bit concerning so can he can he drop that's a possibility but i think that he might just be too good to pass up on, despite his flanky frame and he just has to build up his uh, body as he goes along in his career
1: yeah well i mean the last time okc had that number two pick um, I want to say they were the Seattle Supersonics, I believe, you know, at the time when they did take a lanky guy named Kevin Durant. So who knows if this is weirdly history repeating itself. By no means am I saying Chet is the next Kevin Durant, but hey, it's it's, it's as close as it gets to a rookie prospect coming out of college. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see what kind of goes on over there. I do fully expect both of those teams to stay uh, in their respective positions, but things get a little bit shaky. I feel at, um, I think number three is where the Rockets were, was it the Rockets have the number three pickup believe, right? They were, yes, that's where they were targeting Paolo. Yeah. Paolo Yeah. Paolo Bankera. My apologies. Um, so he was the one uh, that they're possibly targeting, but number four is where it gets really weird because the Kings um, have been receiving a lot of trade offers, Um, And I think that they're also trying to get out of that number four spot. Uh, So that's something to keep an eye on because, honestly, the Kings, that's that's also where teams like the Hawks get involved. Um, There's been a lot of stuff on Atlanta, I think, leading up to draft. And I think that um, it might be premature to say this, but I think Atlanta is going to be looking the most different. Next year, out of any team that I guess you could even say, I'll, I'll go to the extent to say any postseason team like that made the postseason last year, this past season, like they are for sure going to look the most different. Barring that Kyrie Irving does depart the Nets and Kevin Durant uh, requests a trade from Brooklyn, all that stuff goes down uh, um, over there. But for Atlanta, it's, it's looking interesting because obviously they're going to build around Trey Young, but the Timberwolves have been involved in trade talks to try and get Clint Capella. The Hawks and the Kings have talked trade about John Collins, but the interesting part about that is that the number four pick is not involved in those trade talks. So um, that's something to keep an eye on, but... Um, John Collins in general, though, he looks like a name that that is very, very, very likely going to be on the move. It almost looks um, certain. And I I don't want to say it's 100 percent because, I mean, you don't know what's what could happen um, in sports in general. But he's he's definitely named to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I think it's almost as close to 100 percent as possible. I think I totally agree with you. The Hawks are going to look very different next year, I believe. If I were to make a prediction, I think both John Collins and Clint Capella are off this team by maybe the draft, definitely past the free agency off season period. I think um, they're going to go out and trade for some kind of big center or move up in the draft and draft someone who they think is pretty big. Um, though, you know, outside of the top three, there's not really a great top center. Um, I yeah. think Mark Williams from Duke comes to mind, but I wouldn't have him as a top 10 pick. Um, yeah. So I think that they're just going to package those two quote-unquote stars. Um, And that's the problem, right? Both John Collins and Clint Capella have had injury concerns and their play is somewhat inconsistent, so you can't trade them for a superstar. But I think the Hawks are going to do as much as they can to move up in the draft or trade for a big body, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's very key, what you were kind of saying, how they're going to go and trade out for another guy. And um, that's where Jeremy Grant kind of gets involved in this because the Hawks have reportedly been... Cool to the idea of trading um, Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, for Jeremy Grant with the Pistons. So I think that Jeremy Grant, if he was to be on the Hawks, that would be, um, I, I personally think that that would be an upgrade um, from John Collins and uh, Clint Capella, if you will. Obviously, um, you could make the argument of you want the quality over the quantity kind of guy, but I think Jeremy Grant's availability, his versatility, Um, That's something I'm very fond of, obviously, from his OKC days and, of course, going to the Nuggets from there. Um, He's had some good runs with some teams. uh, Great guy on the board. um, Defensive presence as well. So he's he's basically could um, help, you know, I want to say, like, uh, make the weight a little bit easier for Trey. Young. If obviously, the Hawks were to part ways with their two big men. Um, but that's where, you know, Atlanta's going to have to go out and possibly trade for another star to pair, pair with Trey Young. And that's something they're obviously exploring um, and they need to do that. So I, I really don't know who that star is going to be. I feel like they're going to get a pretty, I don't want to say mediocre guy. Um, by no means do I think that this team can land a top guy like uh, have it be Kyrie Irving, have it be Bradley Beal. There's been a little bit of buzz about him opting out of his contract. With the Wizards, um, a little bit more of an unconfirmed report on that end because he has refuted that. So that's something to keep an eye on. I like. I, I mean, I really. The list goes on. But there's no way they're going to land like a Donovan Mitchell as well via trade. Like it's just not going to happen. It's Trey and his team. That could be very interesting. Yeah, that could be very interesting. I would. I would be. I. I don't want to say I'd be surprised, but at the same time, it's. It's the situation in Phoenix is so weird for DeAndre and I'm glad you know that you mentioned that because Phoenix is apparently looking to trade the um, I think they're trying to trade the uh, for the number eight pick um, and basically what they're going to do is that they're trying to package um, I think the name that was mentioned was Cam Johnson. Johnson yeah
0: Cameron yeah
1: Cameron Johnson. Cam Johnson was yeah. the name that was mentioned like they're going to package that and um like basically that's all to make space for DeAndre Ayton. so right i i i don't it's conflicting know what reports. it's it's very conflicting because earlier this offseason there was a whole buzz about the sun the suns it's not the the suns really it's not about a DeAndre Ayton situation all right it's really not like the suns are not sitting there like oh we don't want to pay DeAndre Ayton 30 million annually they genuinely don't believe as an organization they're going to pay any big man center 30 million annually um right. you know i i don't know up to what point that that goes but obviously they're not it's not like they're going to be landing h1 beat or anything anytime soon that's not going to be happening so deandre Ayton is as good as it gets for phoenix at this point in time i would not blame them if they want to move on but the thing is you know, having the season that they had, having the way that they fell down completely and um, crumbled in the postseason um, against the Mavs in Game Seven of the, of the Western Conference Semifinals, it's it's very tough to look at the roster on paper and say, you know, is there someone out there that's better or as good for the job as Aiton is? And then you have to get into the whole thing about paying up, and then. Parting ways with a guy like Cameron Johnson isn't exactly easy because I genuinely feel like he's one of the better role players that this league has seen in a while. So it's going to be interesting what's what's going to be happening in Phoenix for sure, um, for the most part.
0: But yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, I would be a little bit shocked if they moved up in the draft, especially because it's kind of you know contradicting where they're going. You know, you usually yeah. don't see a championship team drafting super high up um so that'd be interesting but if they do decide to move on from deandre and i think the hawks would be a great place for them um like you said before i do think that the kings try to move out of that fourth spot maybe mm-hmm. trade with the pacers you know who are looking to get off both miles turner and malcolm brogdon i could see them trading going up from six to four um that would be a trade i could see in the draft happening uh for right. sure yeah
1: no definitely so um you know moving on off of that uh you know, at the, the at the number five pick, obviously, really, I really don't have any names to flow for the most part, but it's looking I like a, the Knicks
0: I got a couple names. But the uh, Knicks want to trade I mean, up over there. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the so Knicks, New the Knicks, yeah. want to trade up. Yeah, so New York actually, yeah, Knicks. they want to trade up to the number five pick. And obviously that's what the Pistons I just mentioned about the whole Jeremy Grant trade front possibly happening. So maybe the Pistons do acquire Bogdan Bogdanovich chip out jeremy grant open up a little bit of cap space trade that number five pick possibly to the Knicks, and that trade would involve uh cam reddish so that's that's going to be interesting so it looks like the pistons could you know they they did have the number one pick last year they took um kate cunningham of course so obviously it's it's his team they got to kind of figure it out with him and i think putting together a little bit different kind of role players bogdan bogdanovich cam reddish um guys that could have the ability to shoot Um, Pretty well and be a good supporting cast for a guy like him. That's the direction they want to go, and they don't like anyone at five. I don't see why they would shy away from making a move or at least trading down um, to get an asset in return. So that's something to keep an eye on. Of course, New York they they tend to always have a high draft pick. It's it tends to be boomer bust um, at times, but you're gonna see how that that pans out for the most part. But um, go ahead and float some names over there at number five if it was the Pistons or New York. I feel like basketballs become very positionless. So regardless for yeah. you, I'm guessing that you're going to have the same names at number five, despite the team.
0: Yeah. I think if it's the Knicks, um, they definitely need to move off of Julius Randle's contract. I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing for them this off season. But if they do trade up to five, you know, if Jaden Ivey is still there, I don't expect, I expect Jaden Ivey to go in the top four. I could see that being a great spot for the Knicks. Um, if he falls to five, Jaden Ivey is a little bit more ball dominant. So even though it's Kate Cunningham's team and he's you know playing in the point guard role, Jaden Ivey might not thrive there as much if he does fall to five in Detroit, but just the talent is off the charts. There's Keegan Murray, the sophomore from Iowa who, you know, is a great big body defensive presence. I think he could be great at number five. He's consensus, top five, top six pick. Um, and then there's guys for like from Arizona, Benedict Matherin, and then obviously Ken- Kentucky, uh, Uh, freshman Shaden sharp who didn't play a minute of college basketball this year but is still projected to be in the top five so these are big names which are you know coming out right now um and i think the pistons Pacers, blazers they have that kind of middle late lottery spot of five six seven um, yeah where there's a lot of different spots after the top four yeah i think the top four is basically jabari chet paolo Jaden ivy and then after that it's basically a toss-up um, in these, like, 10 pool players. So it's going to be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how things pan out. I just, I, I just want to spitball over here. I feel like you will 1,000% shoot me down right now, what I'm about to say. But um, I was going to say that, you know, how we were just talking about Chet's medicals a little bit earlier, you know, how he hasn't sent to those top two teams, of course, with the Orlando Magic um, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. By no means do I feel – Like, he should drop a whole lot. And by a whole lot, I'm saying, like, you know, outside of the top two because that's just where his projected area is going to be. Now, granted that there is a little bit more something um, kind of surfacing behind the scenes that we don't know about, and a draft day slide does happen, I just want to note that hypothetically, hypothetically, in the complete off chance, Chet just starts sliding. Like, top two he's not taken, When you're picking at three and four, those teams are obviously going to be like, what's wrong with Chet? Why is nobody taking him, right? And I just feel that hypothetically, if three and four, they pass up on him too, um, because I feel like the teams like the Rockets, like it's obviously, once again, Chet was to fall in their place. It's like, why would you not take him, right? Especially after they just traded Christian Wood away, there is the need for the big man. But at the same time, I genuinely feel... It, of the five, if the Knicks were to jump to that five spot or a little bit higher, the Knicks are a team that no matter what the issue is, they they will take a gamble on that. So in the complete off chance that if Chet was to slide, I feel like the Knicks would stop that slide. Granted, they're somewhere in that top five pick area and obviously not picks one or two.
0: Right. I mean, they would have to trade up right now. They're at the 11th spot, but we, you know, we yeah. dis- discussed that they're interested in moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a possibility. Um, but like you said, I think Chet could slide. I just feel like it's 24 hours before the draft at this point. Um, and with the medicals being kind of iffy, is it possible that he could? Yes, but the talent is just off the charts. Like you've had yeah. this guy on your board for so long. Is it just because of medical concerns he's going to drop that much? It right. might be a generational prospect, right? So right. You never know, but it's always a possibility with this iffiness with the medical history. Exactly.
1: I mean, that's the iffiness of the draft. That's, the, that's what makes the draft the draft right for the most part, because we're going to be looking at stuff and seeing a whole lot of ifs um, in a couple of years, but the Knicks are um, looking possibly again, number five pick is on the table, possibly a trade talk that does involve Cam Reddish. number four pick as well with the Kings um, could be including multiple first round picks in that offer. And they're going to be targeting Purdue's Jaden Ivy um, over there. So, there's, there's a whole lot of stuff going on, but I think Jaden Ivey is the focus for a lot of those teams kind of picking right outside, like in the 3, 4, 5 range. Um, a lot of teams are eyeing Jaden Ivy over there. Um, seems like the perfect spot for him to go as well. Um, but moving on to um, a very, very interesting uh, kind of thing panning out again, a little bit more off-season talk. I know it's a little bit early for that, but it's very draft sensitive news. The 76ers, they plan to pursue P.J. Tucker in free agency, who has opted out of his contract with uh, the Miami Heat. And Philly is expected to offer P.J. Tucker a three-year, $30 million deal. And in doing that, they would have to move on from Matisse Theibel, who is a phenomenal perimeter defender, as well as trade, I believe their number 23 overall pick, to create that cap space in order to pursue Tucker. So for me, that's a very, very interesting dynamic brewing because obviously we know the James Harden stuff that's going on over there. Um, I know that you you will go in on James Harden every every second you can because um, we really don't know what loyalty means in the NBA. I feel especially, um, I know people want to batter Kevin Durant, but guys, there, there are other stars out there that do it way worse. And James Harden is, I think, one of those guys. So... Um, I think that the PJ Tucker thing is it's. I don't want to say it seems like a lock. Again, it's all contingent on if they can move Thybul and that pick to create the cap space to pursue Tucker. And I feel the only reason Tucker's mainly on their radar is because yes, Tucker's a phenomenal player, great presence, and I think he's going to bring so much greatness inside of Joel Embiid. You know, in terms of the aggressiveness, especially on the defense side of the ball. But we have to remember the added dynamic of James Harden and him
0: uh, from Houston. So.
1: That's I just, probably, I just,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, just want to brief comment, briefly comment. I, I love P.J. Tucker is one of the best role players in the league, but he is 37, 38 years old, and the deal is supposed to be three years, 30 million. Yeah. Do you really want to give that kind of money to a guy who's ending the end, end of his career? You don't it know. Depends. How, See, yeah, I, I
1: totally, I totally agree with you. But the thing is that there are multiple teams, contending teams, title contending teams that are ready to pursue him. And I feel like, you know, he's had a very weird kind of, I don't know, I want to say career post-Houston, post, post Houston, um, and in a good way, because he's been going to, every team that he's gone to has been a title contender, right? He went won a ring with the Bucs, went to Miami, number one seed, um, obviously lost in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, still very respectable to go that far, dealt with a little bit of injury this past season. But, you know, obviously he's going to have, multiple uh teams interested in him and i think that right now in his career i know he's been signing one year two year deals with the opt-out in the second uh year potentially but i think that now if philly is going to offer him a three-year deal i feel like even a team like golden state can step in here and offer him the one-year deal and i still believe he's going to go for the philly contract because it's just more money it's just more you know long-term guaranteed you just said it yourself you're 37 it just feels like he can join a contender in Philly and at the same time he's going to cash out you know at the back end of his career it just seems like he needs security at this point and I think that he's going to be going for that team um, that's not necessarily that he's chasing the bag but he wants both and I feel that he's gonna in Philly when you have guys like Embiid and Harden it's very tough
0: to turn that down Definitely, definitely. Uh, like I said, he'd be a great fit on any team. He just He's one of those guys who just slides in, um, and he's a great presence on your team, both the 3 and D guy, so I'd love to see it. Um, any other things you want to talk about for offseason? Maybe just a little bit of Kyrie talk? Well, I, I mean, you, you know, I'm
1: all for that. You know, I'm all for that. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic between um, Kevin Durant right now, Kyrie Irving and the Nets. I can go on about this all day long and I would love to, but obviously we're on the back end of this podcast right now. And um, the thing is Kevin Durant, like there's been a lot of buzz about him today morning amid, you know, all of this Kyrie Irving drama. He is not recruiting free agents due to Kyrie's situation right now in Brooklyn. You know, that's just the headline that we just saw um, before hopping on this podcast. And it's very interesting to me because for me, I'm looking at that as, okay, are you not reaching out because of loyalty to Kyrie Irving? And you're like, all right, yo, we're going to figure this out. You're running it back with us. It's all good. Or are you not reaching out because we've seen the story one too many times, right? You know, as Kyrie's uncertainty, it's now playing that role in Kevin Durant's head. Like, okay, if he's not come back, Why should I be recruiting other guys? Because I'm probably going to be jumping ship. And there are actually teams out there that are hoping on the, or, you know, preying on the net's downfall. There are teams out there that are like, I hope Kyrie Irving opts out of his contract screws over Brooklyn such that they can then lure Kevin Durant with a blockbuster trade offer. Um, And I think that that, that's, what's going to happen, quite frankly, you know, I just don't see why Kevin Durant (laughs) would, would want to stay and like again like i'm i i like i mean that in the most um i i don't i don't really know how to say it. i mean like you i mean you get what i'm saying in terms yeah, of no,
0: when you're I, a superstar I, totally that. I just feel like it would be such a turnaround for the Nets after you know oh being yeah the number one number one oh, team yeah. they, they had the best odds to win a championship just a season ago and now all of a sudden your second best player wants out um and if he wants out the report is from Woj that Kyrie is leveraging his offer with Annette saying that if he leaves Kevin Durant is going to request a trade um yeah. and that's the way he's trying to you know um upgrade his contract situation so at 100%. this point I really think it's a 50-50 shot whether he he's even in Brooklyn next year maybe even 40-60 leaning towards him being out of Brooklyn um, that doesn't but even feel
1: good <laughs> I yeah. I don't even want it to be a 90-10 either way you know what I'm saying like like there should really just be no doubt when you have a guy like Kyrie and Katie on your team, because um, I mean, it's, it's really like a buy one, get one free kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, they both need to coexist. And I just felt that when they initially made that move, I'm like, Oh boy, like, like these two guys are the, probably the most hated guys um, in recent history from a media standpoint, fan standpoint. I'm oh, like yeah. the fact that are reun- they're, they're sorry, not reuniting rather they're uniting together. I was like, Oh boy, like this is great for both of them you know because they really have a lot of things in common they're superstars they can they they're more than capable of winning a ring and then when Harden joined them I was like uh okay like sure now Harden just hopping on the train of like you know being a hated guy and then when they especially I was I was more happy when they got Ben Simmons you know I was actually more happy when they got Ben Simmons and when you know they shipped out Harden we remember that podcast that we did um I think we all were kind of livid at the entire Harden move we weren't really livid at the fact that oh Brooklyn just got Ben Simmons but I think that there's just a lot of stuff going on in Brooklyn that it's, it's really going to be make or break. And the fact that they're not recruiting free agents is just a, like I, it's a huge red flag to me because even if Kyrie does run it back, it's like, how is your roster going to get any better? Because, right. you know, um, I don't know if you've seen this, like Nick Claxton's a name to keep an eye. On. he's probably going to be moving on this offseason. Initially it was that Brooklyn was going to probably match his offer um, you know contract offers that he was going to get this off season but now all of a sudden that's kind of taking a turn down south so we're going to see how everything kind of pans out over there in Brooklyn but it's um that that to me too Brooklyn and Atlanta those two teams you can very much say they're going to look very very different next year granted that the Kyrie move does happen right. if he wants to get out of there and obviously KD whatever he's going to do
0: yeah, and just to speak a little bit more on the contract, I think the rumors now, according to Woj at least, is that they want to offer Kyrie the four-year Supermax deal, whatever, but it's contingent on year one and year two. He plays at least 65 games, right? So it's fully yeah. guaranteed year one and year two, but he has to play those games, right? And that's the biggest thing for Kyrie in recent history is just you know vaccine mandate, injury history, injury concern. Mm-hmm. It's just they want him to be able to play those games. But at this point, I feel like, there might be a chance that he reunites with LeBron James in L.A. I think that's a legit possibility. this wow. Maybe they, And, you know, we, we might see Russ and KD. I'm, I'm all for and it. Kyrie and LeBron in L.A. That would be crazy <laughs> to it. think about. Balanced I don't as all things should
1: be. All of this, guys, <laughs> just for the Warriors to repeat as NBA champs next year. <laughs> hey,
0: some, some things never change, right? Some things never change.
1: Dear Lord, I mean, we're going to see how everything pans out. I do want to conclude this podcast on saying that I just saw um, a little tweet from Sean Devine, Devin, I believe that's how you say his name. He's an NBA editor at heavy.com. He just reported that the Boston Celtics are interested in the Warriors number 28 pick. What do you think about that? You know, think the Warriors think- get the Larry O'Brien, you give them the number 28
0: <laughs> pick. That's a fair trade. Like. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I, I do expect the Warriors to trade out of that, that spot, even though it's at 28. I, I, I yeah. think they are more in their core, core young three in Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga. So definitely, I yeah, they, they trade out.
1: Yeah, Golden State definitely wants to give um, more minutes to Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, of course, next season. I'm um, going to see how that pans out. Obviously, a little bit of offseason stuff. I do want to cover um, Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter Jr. They obviously want to run it back in Golden State. And Jordan Poole's contract, um, according to, I believe it was the San Francisco Chronicle, could start at four years, $100, million. 100 million, yeah. So he's getting the bag, to say the least. Um, that's, that's that's the contract parameter. That's probably where it's going to be starting off at. But yeah, I mean, like to me, like once again, if the Warriors were to trade the number 28 picks to the Boston Celtics, it sounds like a fair trade to me, you know?
0: I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs>
1: take that but um that's all that we got for you guys today stay tuned for more at the fanalist.pod Sharma i'm trying to signing off for the rohan naranjan and of course we're missing yash doshi this time around <laughs> but we will have him i promise you guys on the next pod and the offseason pods to come we got a lot of fun stuff coming out this off season, and of course NFL content wrapping up so that's going to be it's going to be interesting it's been a while since the nfl stuff but yeah yeah yep. all right till next time signing off for you guys